welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. So, what do you want to do now? <laughs> Let's get in the Word, church. There's some people need to hear some things. There's some people need to receive some things from the Lord. So let's get in the word and let's pray and let's believe God that everything that happens from this point forward is the perfect will of God. Father, we're asking in the name of Jesus for the perfect word from heaven to come forth. You know where we're at. You know what we've been through. You know what's around the corner. And Father, we just thank you and we praise you for giving us today everything we need. Lord, you promised in your word that as we get in your word, good things would happen. Healing, deliverance, strength and nourishment, freedom, all kinds of good things. And so, Father, we expect everything your word says happens to us as we get into your word. We expect it. We thank you for it. We praise you for the wonderful results in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, church, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Good morning again. Welcome to everybody online. I believe we're going to hear some things today that's going to revolutionize our life. Has anybody besides me ever been completely set free, delivered, and healed because of hearing the right sermon at the right time? Oh, my goodness. When doctors couldn't help me, I got help from the Word. When others said there was no hope, I got help from the word. And what he's done for me, he'll do for anybody. You know, the Bible said God sent his word to heal you. So if you want healing, I guess you got to do some hearing. Because he sent his word to heal you and to deliver you from your destructions. And so we're going to get in the word. And I'm expecting great and wonderful things to happen by the power of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I want you to notice verse 15. 2 Corinthians 10, 15. It says, Paul said concerning the church at Corinth, he says, I'm, I'm not boasting of things without our measure, that is of other men's labors. I'm not going to boast about you know, what others are doing. And, but he says, I have hope when your faith is increased. Would you say those words with me? When your faith is increased. Say it again. When your faith is increased. What happens when your faith increases? See, this is the answer to a multitude of questions. Why haven't I seen the results of tithing? Why am I still not seeing healing show up in my body? Why am I not seeing victory over this habit? Well, a lot of it is predicated on when your faith is increased. If God could just do anything he wanted to do, we'd all be saved and in the millennium tomorrow. He needs our cooperation, and our cooperation is F-A-I-T-H. We believe what he said, whether it looks like it, seems like it, or feels like it or not. We have what he says we have. We can do what he says we can do. We believe, and that opens the door for his power to show up in our life. It's not enough to believe that God is able to do anything. You got to believe he wants to do it for you and that he has done for you. A lot of these things people are already praying for. A lot of the things the Lord's already provided for us. We just need to find out what he said, find out what he did, believe it, praise God for it, and it will start to show up in our lives. 
So this phrase, when your faith is increased, say it again, when your faith is increased, this is the answer to a ton of questions. Now, Paul said here, when your faith is increased, we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. That's a little blind. If you have the, I believe it's the, uh, is it the NIV of that verse? If you could put that up on the screen, New International Version says something, brings some more light to this. He said, Paul said, neither do we go beyond our limits of boasting of work done by others. Our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, our sphere of activity among you will greatly expand. Paul said, listen, it's not just what we're able to do. It's not just what God's able to do through us. But when your faith increases, our activity among you will greatly expand. A lot of people are waiting for the Lord, oh Lord, but God's waiting for people to just believe a little more, believe a little higher that what he said's true. He's not a liar. So that things can abound and things can increase. And so I thought this was interesting, the phrase, when your faith is increased. Pastor, when am I going to see that healing manifest in my body? Well, when your faith is increased, you're going to see more in that area. Now, religion says it's all up to God. You know, whether you get healed or when you get healed, it's all up to God when, when you get delivered or even if you do get delivered from that fear, it's all up to God. That's what religion says. You know what Jesus said? Daughter, your faith made you whole. Blind man, according to your faith, be it unto you. Hey, sick person, as you have believed, so be it done unto you. Because these people got in faith and their faith opened the door for God to do great things in their life that he wanted to do all along. But Jesus had to come on the scene, teach the word of God so people's faith can come up so they could receive what God's always wanted them to have. This is why it says in the New Testament, many times it says the multitudes came to Jesus not just to be healed. They came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Why was the hearing there? Because if you don't have faith to receive healing, God and a thousand angels isn't going to make you receive healing. You have to get in faith, open the door, and receive from God all the things he wants to do for you. Oh, come on, church. Do you understand that, that faith is our part? And it's the easy part. <laughs> all we have to do is say, Lord, I believe what you said. I don't care how I feel. Lord, I believe what you said. I don't care what's going on around me. I believe what you said. And it's happening just like you said, whether it feels like it or not. When we believe what God said about us and our health and our peace level and our joy. When we believe what God said about our freedom from depression and fear and demon forces, when we believe what he said and we start saying what we believe according to what he said, mountains start to move. Never underestimate the gradual moving of a mountain. Just because it doesn't look like anything changed immediately doesn't mean it's not changing underground. It'll show up soon enough. But it's got to start underground in the invisible realm. Yep. Church, do you realize that your believing and speaking is one of the most powerful things that you have from God that you can use against darkness? Now, the devil knows this works in the negative. He wants you believing and speaking your worries and fears and how it might not happen. And this disease will probably run its course and it just runs in my family and I'll never get free from this depression. If you believe those things in your heart, what the enemy's suggesting, and you say them with your mouth, don't underestimate the gradual building of a mountain. Right. The Bible talks about death and life is in the power of the tongue and they that love it will eat the fruit 
thereof. Fruit is a slow but sure process. Don't think nothing's not growing just because you don't see results in five weeks. This is important stuff. You and I need to be constantly believing good things that God says in our heart. Say, I believe that. And saying with our mouth what we believe so these things can start to materialize in our life. Parents, I want to tell you right now, please be speaking the word of God over your children. I don't care what you see in the natural or what you're hearing in your ears. It may be crazy, off the wall, wild, out there. You just say, nope, 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 nope. I speak the word of God over my children. They will rise up and they will serve the Lord. My prayers are working. Blindness is broken off of their minds. And then they might do something really stupid and crazy. Don't let that mess with your confession. You keep saying, nope, I've prayed for my kids. They're going to rise up. They're going to serve the Lord. They're not going to get off into funky lifestyles. They're not going to wonder if they're a boy or a girl. They're not going to be sucked into all this worldly peer pressure stuff. You know, I was thinking about this. Carla and I were talking about this. We talk a lot, don't we, Carla? (laughs) To each other. Um, I was thinking about the scripture that says, um, in the last days, just before all hell breaks loose, just before the church is raptured away, just before everything gets really weird on this planet, the Bible says that there's first going to come a great falling away. And I think Carlos bringing out that Rick Reiner talks about that being the word mutiny. There's going to be a lot of Christians in the last days falling away from their strong faith in God. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians, except there come a falling away first. The man of sin can't be revealed and all the tribulation can't happen. He says in the last days, you, you can't fall away from something you weren't in. This is not talking about a falling away in the world. It's talking about believers falling away from what they used to believe. And I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it already happen. Now, it's, it's interesting because the devil knows if he, comes and, if he comes with the demonic, people are going to resist that. He's got to work through stuff to try to get people to swallow stuff, to try to get people to, to move into stuff that seem okay. All right? And uh, we, were, we were thinking about this, and the enemy, he, um, he's sly. You don't, you don't look for horns, a pitchfork, and a pointed tail to see what's demonic. As a matter of fact, I, I know this from personal experience, reading the scriptures, ministering to people in my own life as well. I noticed this, that the enemy at times will relieve oppression from coming your way to keep you thinking a wrong road is okay. This is very deceptive. He's disguised himself as an angel of light. He will at times relieve pressure against you if you're on the wrong road so that you'll think the wrong road must not be that bad. Let me tell you, you can tell if it's a good road or a bad road. What does the book say? What does the Bible say? That's how you can tell if it's a good road or a bad road. What does the Bible say? A while back we, were, we heard that this one person said they found a scripture in the Bible. And the scripture said, don't do this. This is forbidden for the people of God. Don't do this. And the person said, you know, <clears throat> talking to us personally, said, you know, 
I know the Bible says not to do this, but I have a peace about doing it. And they did it. Now, that's very interesting to me because when the Bible says something, you know, don't do this. Then if we if we really believe that God's way is the best way, if we really believe that that's right, even above feelings of peace, feelings of this, we're going to do what the Bible said. But the enemy got in and said, wait a minute, I I wouldn't feel peaceful about doing something the Bible said not do if it wasn't the Lord. Oh, yeah. The enemy, he wants, nobody goes down a wrong road that feels like a wrong road. Do you understand that? Nobody's going down a bad road that feels bad. The devil's going to make it feel okay. And if you don't love this book, if you're not, if you're not a student in a, in this word, you're going to go with your feelings at times say, well, I know God said that, but I, I feel like I have a piece about going ahead and going a different direction. And what's that called? That's called being deceived, going a direction that's going to hurt you later. Never exalt a feeling of peace above what you know the scriptures clearly teach. I mean, there's people all over who say, well, I just, I just feel right about, you know, divorcing and marrying this other person or committing adultery. I just feel okay. But I, don't, I don't feel like the hammer's coming down. I, I feel okay. What is that all about? It's called the enemy saying, oh, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. He, he's waiting for you to get deep enough to where he knows when your faith is weak and your heart is bothering, you have no confidence to resist him, he will attack. And your faith will be withered. Because you can't have strong faith and at the same time, know that you're going against something the Word of God says. And so you have to really watch out about feelings of peace. The Bible says Satan himself has transformed himself as an angel of light. What does that mean? That means this. Everything that's bright or feels bright is not right. <laughs> there is an artificial light. And it's called the enemy trying to disguise himself as this is okay when it is not okay. And I, you know, we were talking some more about these things about the last days and the falling away and, and all this. And the scripture says in, uh, I believe it's 1 Timothy chapter 4, it says that the Spirit of God speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Again, he's not talking about the world. He's talking about people in faith backing off from faith. Are you following me, church? You can't fall away from something you weren't once into. And I realized that a falling away, the Lord shared this with me. He said, now this falling away that's happening in the last days, it's not an immediate thing and it's not an intentional thing. It's a seduction. It's a slow process of the enemy slowly trying to convince you that there's something else other than faith. There's something else other than being on fire for God. There's something else. Or you'll be missing out if you just sell out to God. Or you don't have to be that wild for Jesus. You can, you can in, be involved in the world. And, and you know, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And so you have to be on guard for that because the enemy is so slick and he's so sly. He's been deceiving people for over 6,000 years. And he's really good at it. And for one main reason, you don't want to just try to have some kind of intellectual discussion with the devil is because he's been around longer than you. (laughs) 
The only way you can successfully resist the enemy is know the word, know the truth, and speak it against him when he tries to tell you something against the word of God. Open up your mouth like Jesus, the son of God, and say it is written when he tries to mess with you. Don't have some intellectual <laughs> reasoning session with the devil. He will tie you up, spit you out, because one reason, he's been around longer than you. But he cannot, he has no defense for the word of God. So, um, so when you think about faith and our faith increasing and things getting better in our life, you do, you do need to realize, church, we all need to realize that God designed the system where we receive from him by faith. And the devil hates anything that hinders your ability to receive help from God. So he's going to attack your faith more than anything. The trying of your what? Faith. The Bible talks about your faith being under fire. Why? Because the devil wants to separate you from your ability to receive from God, your ability to please God. He wants you to think faith's not that big a deal. It's not that important. You've heard all that you need to hear about faith. I'm getting bored in this faith church. Yeah, and if you go for another 30 years looking for ways to be happy, ways to receive from the Lord, ways to get miracles, you will, after 30 years, come back to faith. Because yep. right. God's not changing his way That's for you. And you have to watch out, too, because I've noticed the devil is a little more scared of certain churches than other churches. How many of you know some church services, an hour is enough? <laughs> other church services need to last for hours because of what's going on in them. Well, I, I, don't, I don't think churches should be over an hour long. Well, it depends on what church you're talking about. Are you talking about church that's just giving pep talks and, you know, and just... Are you talking about churches that are believing God for miracles, healings, building people's faith, being equipped, not just entertained? Yeah. You know, entertaining churches should be over in an hour. Equipping churches might take till the afternoon. Jesus had three-day meetings. <laughs> Say what? He said, the multitudes have been with me now three days and they have nothing to eat. They were in a church meeting for three days. And, that, and what's interesting about that meeting is because they didn't quit, they didn't give up, they kept hearing the word, listening to Jesus, the lame were healed in those meetings. The maimed were healed in those meetings. Demon-possessed people got totally set free in those meetings. Why? Because they, the, they didn't put the Lord on a time clock. I'm the kind of preacher, I don't like to go too long, but I don't like to go too short either. I think we need to just really be led by the Spirit in these last days. You know, I see a couple things that the church really needs to be uh, involved with right now. If we want to see our children rescued from all this crazy stuff that's coming their way, even in the schools. If we want to see people not die young, if we want to see plagues overcome if we want to see, you know, whatever's around the corner not affecting us, there's a couple things I see that's going to have to happen in the church or it's not going to be good. Number one, now I'm not against doing other things and I'm not against, you know, if the Lord leads you to do something, who am I to tell you not to do it? But I do know this from the scriptures. We can talk and debate all year long and nobody's going to change their mind. Democrats are going to stay Democrats. Republicans are going to stay Republicans. Christians are going to stay Christians. And those in darkness are going to stay in darkness. This isn't going to get it. Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. I'm telling you, the only person you're convincing is yourself. 
Because the people are set, they're set. But there's a couple things that will knock them out of the groove they're in if they're in the wrong groove. You want to know what it is? Praying until the power of God shows up. Now the key word is until. Because everybody in this room is praying. I'm just not sure we're praying enough. I'm not sure we're praying intensely enough. I'm not sure we're taking prayer seriously enough. There is something that will jar people in its manifestations of the power of God. You know what I mean? Manifestations of the power of God. Miracles happening right before your eyes. Tumors dissolving. It was there, it's gone. People who couldn't walk running in a church service. Limbs not there, grown out. This is supposed to be happening. God wants more of this happening than we've allowed to happen. You've got to watch out about being too natural. Not, you, see, you think, well, well, I'm not sinning terribly, Pastor, but I still don't see the power. Well, the Bible didn't say the bad man receives not. It says the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. They're too natural. They're too carnally minded. They're not thinking about the things of God enough. And it clogs the power. I, I pray and I wish that our Wednesday night prayer meetings would be this full. We would see less crime in our city. We'd see less demon activity. We'd see less suicides in our county. We would see less disease destroying people before their time and mommies and daddies leaving the earth and leaving children behind. We'd see less bondage. We'd see less fear. We would see less confusion if more people would just take prayer seriously. Carl and I, for 35 years, we just decided our Wednesday nights belong to the Lord for 35 years. Well, we say, Pastor, you're doing that because you're paid. That's judging me. I'd do it because I believe it's the will of God, and I'd do it if I wasn't in this position. Prayer meeting saves lives. You know what we do here on Wednesday night? I don't know for those of you that don't know. You know what we do here? One of the things we do here on Wednesday night? We totally mess up the devil's plans. His plans to kill your kids, to steal from them, to make them wonder if they're a boy or a girl. We're messing up those plans. We got you covered. We watch over the flock by night. We're watching out in those night hours of your life. We're praying down strong. We're messing up the devil's plans. We're throwing a wrench in his destructive schemes. And you should join us if you are, by all means can't pray about it. Seek the Lord. Yeah, but it's uncomfortable. So is people dying young. We need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I said, we need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because if we're called to believe on the name of Jesus, we're also called to suffer for his sake. If we suffer with him, we shall also reign with him. Pastor, that sounds a little strong. It's strong. Did you, were you here, was it last week, Carly, you were talking about, or two weeks ago, you were talking about uh, search and rescue and how with Resurrection Sunday coming up, but every Sunday we should have this mindset that we need to look at it not just Resurrection Sunday, not just Easter Sunday, but Rescue Sunday. The door's already open. People are already saying, hmm, I wonder who's going to invite me to go to church this Easter because I go on Easter and Christmas, you know. (laughs) I submit unto you, if they go to the right church this Easter, they'll keep coming every Sunday. And they'll start bringing people if they go to the right church and hear the right things. So prayer, you say, well, pastor, we've got a busy life. I know, and listen, things may not be able to change immediately, but at least consider what I say, and the Lord will give you understanding. Just consider some of these things. This, this Wednesday night prayer is such a powerful, powerful time to pull down strongholds, to believe God, to make more power available in services like this. So when people are prayed for, man, they get a tangible hit from God and get delivered and get set free. 
Everybody say, Wednesday night prayer. prayer. I'll consider it. Okay. Another thing that the Lord's quickened to me about, and this is, it's, it's all along lines of faith because we're talking about overcoming the world. Something else I really believe that we need to think about when it comes to seeing the power of God manifest more is we need to, th- we need to think about 100% full obedience to everything we know God would please God in our lives. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> you are a brave soul. Got one amen out of that. Right now, it may not feel like full obedience to God is that serious or big of a deal. But in just a few clicks from now, you're going to be so thankful I preach this to you. Full obedience is rare. Fully following the will of God is rare. The, the, the truth is, most Christians, and I, I'm, I'm sorry if this offends you, but the truth is most Christians are in the partial will of God. They're partially following God's plan for their life. And the greatest thing you have to be on guard for, the greatest thing opposing you living in God's perfect will, is your will. Interesting to have a free will because you're probably going to want to do what you want to do most of the time until you realize some of these things. Now, you need to learn that God knows more than you and he knows more than me. We need to get in the habit of yielding our will to the Father's will and choosing to counsel with him about things before we just start doing whatever we want to do in life. You want to know one of the reasons Jesus was super successful? Not one sick person he ministered to didn't receive. Everything he did was perfect and successful. Is because he said, I only do what I see my father do. In other words, he didn't wake up in the morning and yawn and go, oh, what do I want to do today? Life's too short for that, friend. I'm telling you, life's too short for that. God has a plan for your life. It's amazing and it's powerful and there's opposition against you finding out what it is and walking in it. But it's beautiful. It's to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. Quoting scripture to you. Everybody say this. When my faith is increased, things will get better in my life. Isn't it interesting? You don't have to wait for other people to bless you. Your faith can increase and receive blessings from God anytime your faith increases. Why don't you you should bless me? My boss should give me a raise. Government should take care of this. My spouse should do that. How about you just increase in faith and take the pressure off people and receive from God what you need? Mm -hmm. My spouse isn't making me happy. Well, that's your fault. Thinking that your happiness is based on your spouse? There's people who have gotten divorced over these things. Do you realize there, I've been a pastor for 35 years. I've seen this. People have gotten divorced because they said, my spouse doesn't make me happy anymore. You want to slap them. But you don't because you're going to walk in love. You're saying you're leaving your spouse, the covenant that you covenanted with. You're leaving them because they don't make you happy anymore. That's like selfishness to the max. Jesus didn't say you'll be happy because your spouse is perfect. Jesus said, if you do what I tell you to do, you'll be happy and your joy will be full. People chasing happiness. 
Happiness is supposed to be chasing you. If you do what the Lord told you to do, it says these blessings are going to overtake you. Happiness never comes to those who are looking for it. Happiness is supposed to come after you as you're doing what the Lord told you to do. And besides that, you say, well, I just don't feel happy. Well, be happy anyway. You're not a tree, right? You can be whatever you want to be. It do some people some good at times. Just do what King David did. Look at your mirror and say, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Get excited. Hope thou in God. He's the health of your countenance. He's your God. You're going to make it. You're not a nobody. You're made in the image and likeness of God. You're going forward. You're more than a conqueror. You're not going down. You're going up. Talk to yourself. Now, the devil wants you to think that's weird. Because he doesn't want anything that helps you for you to be involved with. David, talk, do you know what David said one time? He said this. He's talking to himself. King David, you know, multi-billionaire, almost a trillionaire, mighty warrior of God, man after God's own heart. You know, this is not talking about a nobody here. King David said, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Talking to himself. Why? Because he didn't feel like doing it. So what's he doing? He's telling himself to do it. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and don't forget all his benefits. He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction, David. He crowns you with loving kindnesses and tender mercies. He satisfies your mouth with good things so your youth is renewed like the eagles. He goes on and on and on and writes this whole psalm by talking to himself. Sometimes you just go, Smith Wigglesworth, a great man of God who's in heaven now, he raised people from the dead, helped the mentally ill. People got delivered like crazy under his ministry. He said, I'd wake up in the morning. He said, I never ask Smith how he feels. I tell him how to feel. Why are you cast down, oh my soul? God's done way too much for you to have this frown on your face. Jesus paid way too great a price. <laughs> right? I mean, even if everything around you is going kaput. Newsflash. If you believe in Jesus, you're going to heaven when you leave your body, not hell. Amen. That right there is enough to rejoice about no matter what's going on in this world around you. It can get dark and crazy, look like nothing's working properly. Remember this. You are not on the road Adam put you on anymore. You've taken the hand of the Lord. Heaven's your home. And if it got so bad that you did leave this earth, to be with Christ is far better anyway. Passez-vous. See you in a few, right? <laughs> and you'll step out of your body and you'll go, well, I guess that's over. <laughs> no big deal. The Lord took the stinger out of death for us. Are you kidding me? He took the sting of death out for the believer. When you and I leave this planet, it is not going to be a stingy thing. Why would we be afraid of something that Jesus took the sting out of? It's a lie and deception of the devil. People project ahead. They go, I don't know what I'm going to do if I'm on a deathbed. I don't know how, how do I die? How do I die? I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave the earth. How, is it going to, I'm going to suffocate? What's going to happen? How am I going to die? I don't know. How am I going to, oh, I don't want to think about it. I'm gonna, you better think about it. It's the elephant in the room. We're all going to die. That's right. Nobody in the 1700s is alive today. Are you listening, church? And the Bible says, 
Thanks be unto God, which giveth us the victory over death through our Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean your body's not going to separate from your spirit. That's not, he's just saying you don't have to be afraid of that day. Because when that day comes, his grace is sufficient for you. I know when I was um, young, very young, Carl and I were, we, we had met in church and um, had little Isaac. Where's little Isaac? Hi, Isaac. <laughs> And I, I met um, Carla and Isaac, and we decided to get married. And so I said, would you marry me? And she said, yes. <clears throat> and uh, someday we're going to do it. No, we already got married. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. We're already married. <laughs> Goes with the job description. You know, better be married. I'm kidding. Um, but we decided, and I remember about a, a couple weeks after I proposed to you, fear started to come on me. I'm getting married. I'm getting married. I'm getting married. I'm getting married. What am I going to do? Can I handle this? I think I'm getting married. I'm getting married. I said, Lord, what, what should I do? He said, get married. You said you would. <laughs> and I remember the Lord told me, he said, son, you're looking for grace to be married before you say I do. Just trust me when you say I do, grace will come on you and you'll realize I can be married. This is easy. Piece of cake. Watch out about trying to factor in, you know, watch out about projecting future scenarios without factoring in grace will be there at that time. Some people are, are kind of bummed out and like, uh, you know, the, it could be a, a pet. It could even be a pet. It's like, I don't want to think about the day my, my dog dies. I don't want to think about the day my little pet dies. I don't want to think about, I don't want to think about that. Friend, you're not factoring in that when that day comes and it will come, there'll be grace there to help you through it. The Holy Ghost will comfort you at that time. You don't need the comfort five minutes before. Now, I found this out, that the Lord will prepare me. He prepared me a few years before my mom died. The Holy Spirit prepared me. He, the Bible says he will show you things to come. And as I'm staying in prayer and just living my Christian life and worshiping God, I knew in my spirit, years, two, two or three years before, Spend more time with mom. Yep. Why, Lord? Well, she's not always going to be here. Yep. But I don't want to talk about that. You better talk about it. Yeah. Do you know the worst thing? Death, physical death is not the worst thing that can happen. Right. <laughs> we shouldn't be that afraid of it. Right. Physical death is not the worst thing that can happen. The worst thing that can happen is leaving the earth without believing in Jesus. And this is something too, I, I just, I know that sometimes people maybe get a little frustrated with me because I, I don't always, you know, say yes to everything that people think our church should do and be involved with. But um, the most important thing going on on this planet is getting people the gospel so they can hear, believe, and be saved. That is the most important thing on the planet. We believe in feeding the poor. We support Feed the Hungry, South Bend, Indiana. We support Convoy of Hope. We support some of these other hospitals, St. Jude. We, we give off chunk offerings at times from the church, which is you giving it because it's a cutoff of everything that comes in that's not designated. And we have a tithe account as a church and an offering account. We give to these places all the time, people in our own city, uh, Western uh, Slope Center for Children. We've given to all kinds of people and still do. But that's not the Great Commission. That's good. It's wonderful, but it is not the Great Commission. 
The Great Commission is go to all the world and preach the gospel. He that believes and is baptized will be saved. He that believes not will be damned or condemned. Think about that. And it's not the Lord condemning. They just stay in a condemned state that Adam put them in if they don't reach out for Jesus. And as important as it is to do some of these other things, there's nothing more important than what we're doing right now. Hearing from heaven, having a choice to believe or not to believe. The most important thing we could ever be involved with we're doing right now. And we've been doing it for 35 years and we'll continue to do it. And we're going to start doing it in other languages. Might start doing it in another city. We're going to expand our influence because the Great Commission is go to all the world and preach the gospel. The Lord could have said, go to all the world and feed the poor. Is that important? Yeah, but it's not the most important. Right. I said it's important, but it's not the most important. That's right. the most impo- if, you have, if you have just a little bit of time with somebody and you can either preach the gospel or give them a sandwich, you better preach the gospel. Because it would be better that they hear and be saved and go to heaven than eat a sandwich and die and go to hell. Now, I realize sometimes people will open up more to the gospel when you help them naturally with physical things. But a lot of times, people don't open up to the gospel. It's deeper than that. So, praise the Lord. (laughs) I want to share just a couple more things, and we'll go ahead and receive communion here. I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 11. And there's something that... um, I was praying just before the service this morning, early in the morning, and this came to me in connection with what Carla shared about search and rescue and the connection between that and our faith. I, um, I've realized that a lot of Christians, how do I want to put this? They're waiting for things to change before they believe and praise God. As opposed to believe and praise God and things will change. I say that again. A lot of Christians are waiting for things to change before they praise God, rejoice, and be happy. When if they just praise God, rejoice, and be happy because of what he's already done, even though they haven't seen it in their life, things would change. See, you and I are not only human. We are made in the image and likeness of God. We're part human, but we're not only human. We are made in the image and likeness of God. And that means you have some of God in you. Matter of fact, if he's in you, he's in you. All of him is in you. And so you have abilities you probably haven't realized, and you you have abilities you probably haven't been tapping into. You have the ability to change things. We grew up thinking we're thermometers. It happens, we respond. It happens, we respond. It's good, we're happy. Bad happens, we're not happy. Not realizing we're actually thermostats. We can be setting our atmosphere. If there's things, child of God, you don't like in your atmosphere or the surroundings of your life, you have something to say about it. What shall we then say to these things? If God before us, who can be against us? And so... Don't, don't just be responding to all this stuff that's going on around you. If there's things happening around you or in your own body or in your own soul that aren't right, don't drive it deeper by constantly talking about what you got and the problems that you have. Why drive it deeper? Don't you want something different? 
Well, if you want something different, you're going to have to believe something different and say something different. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Just read a couple verses here. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, faith is seen before the thing is seen. Faith is seen before the thing is seen. Next verse. For by faith, the elders in the Old Testament. I thought it was interesting. It didn't say by faith, God gave. It was already given. It said by faith, the elders took something. By faith, we obtain. Who obtains? Get this. God can't obtain for you. He provided for you, but he can't obtain for you. How do you obtain the promises of God into your life? By faith. By believing, he provided it. By believing, he wants you to have it. And by taking it into your life and saying, praise God before anything changes. For by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Next verse. By faith, we understand that the world's... I like that, don't you? Worlds. There's so much we don't know about. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Are there invisible things? Are there invisible reasons we have visible things in our life? This is a principle. It's not just talking about now about what God did. It's talk, he, with his faith, with his words, he created everything. In our own lives, things that are seen in our life right now, good or bad, things that are seen were made, but they were not made of things which do appear. So we need to talk about some invisible things like faith and words if we want to see better things in the visible realm. Um, Mark eleven twenty four. I'll quote this. It says in Mark eleven twenty four, Jesus said, "Whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive those things, and you will have those things." This is what your spirit has to pick up on. Whatever you desire when you pray, believe you receive those things, and you'll have those things. We need to step into the realm of faith and live there. Are you listening to me? No matter how we feel, no matter what it looks like, no matter what's going on around us, everything we declare is what God says. Things out here go up, they go down, they go this way, they go that way, you feel this, you don't feel that. This happens, this happens. We need to stay with God and get off the roller coaster of the world. Right? And and get on the train of God. Just, Just go straight all the time. Because the devil's trying to get us to go like this. Just all this crazy stuff. We need to stay, we walk by faith, not by sight. Um, I know that, um, gosh, I didn't get, get into everything that I wanted to, but it's okay. You're all coming back next week, so we, <laughs> we can continue on. But I wanted to say this, because we said this the last two messages, just a little bit of review. But according to what Jesus said and according to what faith is, we come up to the level of life. We come up to the level we believe we're already at. I didn't say you're already there, but you believe you're there. I didn't say you're already that successful, but you believe you're that successful. You smile like you're that successful. 
because of the scriptures that you're standing on, because of the promises of God. We come up to the level we believe we're already at. And I know you, your mind's probably going, why did he just say? In other words, in other words, dress for the job you want if you want that better job. Don't wait for the job to dress that way. Dress like that now. It'll lead you to the better job. How about this one? Be happy like you got your prayer answered and you'll get your prayer answered. Show some faith. Get out of the waiting mode. Get in the believing mode. Come on. It's not just God give. It's us take. God can't receive for us. This is how you receive from the Lord. You find scriptures. You believe what they say. You go, that belongs to me. And you quit looking to your feelings to see if you believe. Look to your attitude and your actions and your confession to see if you believe. We come up to the level we believe we're at. What does that mean? That means you smile when you have pain because you believe you're healed. But I'm not healed. Exactly. You believe you're healed. And then you'll eventually feel you're healed if you fight the good fight of faith and don't give up. It's not always easy, friend. And even good people get attacked. But I'm telling you, faith always works. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. This is it. I know when I was praying for wisdom one time, and I know this is still some review, I was praying for wisdom. I said, Lord, I need wisdom. I need some decisions I got to make. They're really important. I need some wisdom. And the Lord said, okay, ask in faith. And after you get done asking me for wisdom, don't ever say, I don't know what I'm going to do. That's not asking in faith. Okay, I say, God, give me wisdom in Jesus' name. And next day I go, Joe, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And if Joe's smart, he'll stop me. <laughs> and say, hey, you're the pastor. R- listen to your own sermon, dude. <clears throat> I'd probably block it, but anyway. No, no seriously, th- think about this. If I pray for wisdom, like this very important thing, let me tell you something that's really important. Lord, I need your wisdom. Should I get that close to this other person? I think that's a good prayer to pray. How how about this? Lord, I'm thinking maybe, I don't know, maybe someday I'll marry this person. What should you do? Lord, give me wisdom. (laughs) Because Prince Charming can actually be Frankenstein in disguise. And you won't know until you say, I do. But God knows beforehand. So it's really smart to say, Lord, who knows the hearts of all men, is this dude going to flake out on me after I say I do? Are they going to stop coming to church after I say I do? And all that was a show and a front just to get me. And the Lord will tell you. But here's the thing. If you're going to ask for wisdom, if you're going to ask for wisdom, the Bible says, ask in faith, nothing wavering. He that wavers is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think he'll receive anything of the Lord. For a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So you ask in faith, and the Lord says, Son, talk like this after you ask for wisdom. Talk like this. I believe I know what to do before I know what to do. <laughs> what are you doing? You're reeling it in. By, what are you reeling in? Wisdom. You, gotta, you say, you saying you know what to do? I didn't say I know what to do. I said, I believe I know what to do. I believe by faith, answer on the way. I make right decision. All is going to be groovy. What are you going to do? 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 I believe I know what to do. What is that? Stick around. I'll articulate it it a little later. But right now, I believe I know what to do. 
No more of this, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. What do you do? And you're hammering in your ignorance. I don't know what to do. Well, believe you do know what to do. And say, brain, you'll get it soon. Calm down. I believe I got it. It just hasn't floated up to my brain yet. And the more you believe you got it, the quicker you're going to see you got it. And you're not going to make a dumb decision that wastes time, money, or energy anymore. And you're going to get on the right track and things are going to work great. Say this. I believe. I know what to do. And your mind says, you don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. Say, shut up, mind. You're a good mind. You're a blessed mind. But stop. Be quiet. I believe I know what to do. I believe I know what to do. Mm. Say this. I come up to the level. I believe I'm already at. In other words, to the best of your ability, start acting like you got what you prayed for. Ask God for what you want. Find scriptures. Back up your prayer. Ask God for what you want. And then just act like you already got it. Smile like you got it. Quit being grumpy. You don't believe you got anything good. Quit being grumpy. Being grumpy is a sign you don't believe you got anything good. Well, I don't believe I got anything good because I don't got anything good. No, you got good things. You just haven't seen them yet. Why can you get happy about an order off of Amazon about something you haven't even seen yet? Believing the word of a man, and a man can lie. They might even be Satan worshipers. How do we know? But you know, that thing's going to be here. Amazon said it's going to be here. Woohoo! It's going to be here. You don't go, we ordered a couch on Amazon. They said it would be here in a week. That'd be a miracle. They said it'd be here in a week. I don't know. Maybe we better order another one. It, it, you know, maybe they might, they might have lied to me or something. Yeah, we just keep the old one. Probably the new one will probably never come in. We treat Amazon with more respect than we treat God at times. Expecting Amazon to show up for us more than God to show up for us. How about we go, God? I read, I read it right here. I read it right here. You supply all of my needs. I read it right here. Wealth and riches shall be in my house if I serve you and love you. I believe it's happening. I believe it's happening. <laughs> I believe it's happening. Yeah. I believe it's happening. There's some things that have taken us decades to believe in. Yeah. Well, if the Lord said it's on the way, it's on the way. Yes. So you might as well just do a little jig right now because he didn't lie to you. <laughs> he didn't lie to you, church. He didn't lie. It's on the way. Yeah. Glory to God. And you could speed it up by getting... Oh, come on, man. You can get so expect, expecting of the promises of God that you have to give birth. I mean, because there comes a time, right, ladies? There comes a time you have to have birth. You're going to pop. You can get so big in your expectation of a promise of God showing up that you just have to see the promise. It just shows up. Praise God. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 